Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Thanks for downloading today's Kent Online podcast. It's Thursday, December the 3rd, our top story today. And more than 30 years after two young women from Tunbridge Wells were killed, a man has been arrested on suspicion of murder. Wendy Nell was 25 and discovered in her bedsit in Guildford Road in June 1987. Five months later, 20-year-old Caroline Pierce was attacked outside her bedsit in Grosvenor Park. Her body was later found on Romney Marsh. Wendy's parents, Pam and Bill made a renewed appeal for information on the 30th anniversary of their daughter's death. Wendy always came from me after work, most times stayed the night. Because it was her dad's birthday, she'd rung up that morning and said, can I make it Tuesday night instead? And I said, of course you can. So she said, well, I'll see you Tuesday then. Didn't see her. Her phone rung me up about 10 o'clock in the morning on the 23rd and said she hadn't gone into work, and uh, did I know why? I said, I'm sorry, I don't. Well, I was driving many buses in Tunbridge, and um, when I got back to the station, uh, uh, the inspector said, your wife's panicking, She's, the daughter's not turned up for work. So I didn't know I'd go over to the bottom of her cul-de-sac where she lived, and um, there were two or three police cars and people outside of uh, Wendy's flat. Two policemen brought me home because they wouldn't let me drive my car. And I went in, sobbing my heart out, and said that uh, her daughter was dead. Just before it happened, I turned 50. And somebody, they all said to me, all your life begins at 50. That happened and my life finished, as I knew it then. It affected our marriage life as well because um, from the day um, she was killed, um, Pam can't bear me near her. If I put my arms round her, she'd just go, don't do that, you know. And so um, the only thing I could do then, of course, is to move into the other bedroom and that's where I've been ever since. And, uh, she's got her bedroom, I've got mine. So I've not only lost a daughter, um, I've lost an actual wife, but I've gained a sister, if that makes sense. Sadly, since that interview, Bill has passed away. Cold case detectives have regularly reviewed the investigation and today they arrested a 66-year-old man in Heathfield in East Sussex. The Kent Online podcast has been told that families of both of the victims have been informed and are being kept updated. Well, you can see pictures of Wendy and Caroline and coverage of the case from the time at kentonline.co.uk. Kent Online News. On to coronavirus news now and figures show Kent's infection rate is continuing to rise, throwing doubt on whether Tier 3 restrictions will be lifted by Christmas. Numbers had started to level off, but latest data has revealed cases are increasing again, with 4,500 new positive tests in the week to last Friday. Swale still has the highest infection rate in England and Medway is second. The military is being brought in from today to help with mass testing in parts of the county that are worst hit. 
Elsewhere, a second worker has died following a coronavirus outbreak at a Kemp factory which produces food for Marks and Spencer. There have been dozens of cases at the back of or Tillmanstone salad site near Dover. A spokesman for the company says they're doing everything necessary to limit the spread of COVID-19, including on-site testing for all staff from next week. A private school in Rochester has closed after a pupil and teacher caught coronavirus. The King's School has switched to remote learning until the end of term next week after sending all pupils home. Meantime, a special school in Sittingbourne is being forced to close until next year after being hit by coronavirus. Among half of the 235 members of staff at Meadowfield are isolating and can't be replaced. Now, yesterday, you'll probably remember we told you how a vaccine has been approved for use in the UK. Well, hospitals are on standby to receive it. 800,000 doses of the Pfizer and BioNTech jab are expected to arrive in the UK in the coming days, although the bulk of it will be delivered in the new year. Care homes have been placed top of the priority list, followed by over 80s and frontline staff. Tanya Harrison and Laura Grant work at Pembroke House Care Home in Chillingham. You know what, I have to say I am very excited. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) saying earlier and it's not meant to be but the only thing I can describe it as is almost being like a prison warden in a prison because nobody's allowed in nobody's allowed out and you have visiting orders and you come in and you visit Mm. on your order. There are some concerns about potential side effects of the jab and people deciding not to have it. Well, Our colleagues at KMTV have been raising those issues with Darren Griffin. He's a professor of genetics at the University of Kent and has been chatting to Joe. Everything that we know so far, not only from this vaccine, but the other two that are out there, is that the news is as good as it can be. Now, do we know the long-term side effects? Well, without the benefit of a time machine, of course we don't. Uh, It will will come out in time if there are any long-term effects. But so far, the news is good. And we absolutely have to get this vaccine out and get people vaccinated, because otherwise they could die. Now, there's been a lot of backlash online querying whether the jab is safe and there's been some social media accounts encouraging people to turn down the vaccine. What do you make of this? Uh, I don't think that anyone has suggested that this will be mandated. If you don't turn up to be vaccinated, I don't think that there is a legal recourse. However, what I would say to these people who are putting on these websites, please, please consider the consequences of your actions, because if you are inadvertently or deliberately discouraging people from being vaccinated, you could kill someone. The other thing that we need to be aware of, of course, is if a sufficient number of people are vaccinated, the infection rate will go down overall. And the opportunity for us returning to the normal to our normal lives to be able to go to the football and the cinema and the and the restaurants and the theater and the pub, all of that will be able to happen when we get a mass vaccination program out there and sufficient numbers of people listen to these conspiracy theories and don't get vaccinated, that might not happen. And a Medway family have been told to isolate for a second time despite not leaving their home for two weeks. Tasha Heaney says they were already in quarantine after her grandson tested positive when they received another alert from the NHS Test and Trace app. She reckons it was picked up through the walls of their terraced house as their neighbour's son has caught the virus. A spokesperson for the Department of Health and Social Care says the app continues to run efficiently. Kent Online reports.
A jury's decided a man who was shot dead by police in Kent while on the run from a murder investigation was lawfully killed. 36-year-old William Smith was gunned down in an orchard near Goudhurst in May 2016 after pointing a shotgun at one of the specialist firearms officers sent to apprehend him. An inquest has heard the police response was reasonable and proportionate as he failed to respond to warnings. A Medway pharmacist has been suspended from dispensing prescriptions over concerns for patient safety. Inspectors visited the Carson's Pharma branch in Chatham and said inadequate risk management and governance was behind the reason to impose the ban, which is going to remain in place until further notice. It also applies to the branch in Rochester, where more than 1,000 people have signed a petition for the licence to be reinstated. Next today, and it's hoped a film about County Lines drug deal will help steer more young people in Kent away from a life of crime. Henry Blake decided to make the film while he was a social worker in London and saw firsthand how teenagers could be groomed by gangs. Well, he says an awful lot of us are oblivious to what's going on. And do stay listening because he's also got warning signs that all parents should look out for. The Ashford sessions that I, I did were wonderful were really wonderful and actually we showed a film to a young person who was about 15 16 years old who was i was told contemplating becoming you know involved in county lines and his mother and his mother they watched the short film together and we had a post screening discussion which was extremely powerful and you know she said i have no idea why he would want to get involved in this. And he said, well, we need money, you know? And so it was a discussion in trying to sort of unthread those intentions and also a bit of a wake up call. And of course, the mother didn't, wasn't aware of all of the the sort of spectrum of risk that that child could be put through should they become exploited. And of course the child wasn't either. So watching the film was like, oh, oh, okay, is that what can happen? It's not to say that it happens every time, but those risks are always there. It doesn't matter how long that child is missing. If suddenly they start coming back later than usual, unexplained, and they don't want to explain where they are, bang, that's an early warning sign. Get in there, get local people involved. If they suddenly have another phone or are becoming obsessed with their phone and becoming very secretive, bang, cause the alarm um, or raise the alarm. If one thing that a lot of parents talk about who have been affected by this is is a is a behavioral change and i think that's something that isn't when you talk about that it's very hard to raise the alarm on it because you feel like you might be sort of making a fuss about something but every parent says the child literally transformed before their eyes from the way that they spoke from their body language, they became more aggressive, even their posture changes, there are suddenly new clothes, they're listening to new different types of music. It's a whole philosophy that is adopted and you need to be able to get in. Even if you hear like a word that you've, they've never heard them say before. You know, my five-year-old son came back from school the other day and he said something and I was like, where have you learned that? And it's like with county lines, that's the opportunity. I always say with youth work, your job is to make a mountain out of a molehill. And nine times out of 10, it might not amount to anything. But with county lines, often that molehill becomes a mountain 
very quickly and then it's very difficult to get that child down off it. We've been on to police about this. They've told us that between April and November this year, they made more than 200 arrests in relation to county lines. Prison sentences handed out to those involved topped 130 years. Part of the M20 is going to be closed for four nights next week because of preparations for Operation Brock. It's going to be shut between junctions 7 for Maidstone and 9 for Ashford from next Friday, so live tests of a movable barrier can be carried out. It's aimed at easing congestion when the Brexit transition period ends by creating a contraflow on the London-bound carriageway. A kitten found abandoned in a shoebox in Charton was so cold and dehydrated, vets couldn't register a temperature. 12-week-old Lucky, as she's been called, was discovered next to a bin at a farm last month. She's now being cared for by the RSPCA. She's incredibly cute. You can see pictures of her at Kent Online. Meantime, it's feared Kent's first cat cafe could be forced to close for good. A fundraiser's been launched to save Cozy Cat in Herne Bay, which has lost around £30,000 during during the pandemic. Bosses say if they do have to shut, their cats will most likely be put back into rescue shelters. An historic pub in Ashford, though, has been saved from demolition by a group including former England footballer Neil Razor Ruddock. The Windmill Inn on Hythe Road will now be renamed the new Fox Inn after 24 investors secured a six-year lease. They're hoping they can open before Christmas, although that has to be if Tier 3 restrictions are lifted. And a famous roundabout in Ashford has been decorated to look like a reindeer wearing a face mask. The Bolt Roundabout on Elwick Road gets a makeover every Christmas and it's a mystery who actually does it. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter to see pictures. Kent Online Sport. First up, football, and it was a great night for Gillingham as they returned to League One action with a 2-0 win at Bristol Rovers. Striker Vidane Oliver scored at both goals last night and Jill's boss Steve Evans says he's pleased with his team's performance. We walked on a different game plan. This is a different opposition. Paul Tisdale's come in. He's travelled down here, as you know, at the weekend. Watched them win six. Could have been 12. Um, so we we done some work to combat how our new Tins would play. Our new Brandon would come in, having spoke to him and realised that he was he was fit again. Um, and then we, we set a bit of business. And I think the absolutely disappointing aspect is we've not scored a lot more goals, particularly in the first half, where we've, we've missed three or four good chances. But we had lots of energy, um, lots of support in play. But I think you have to give credit to to, uh, to the players, only the players. You know, we asked for a reaction. We demanded a reaction. They know how we work. And they gave us a reaction. So I've just said to them, you know, playing like that, then we're, we're, it's good to watch. And it's um, it's demanding because we have to work so hard. And we have to, wake, have to make up in other areas versus other clubs, like facilities and different things. But, but we've got a great bunch and they do it. Yeah, I think we're strong. I think, listen, we don't change our minds from what we said in the, in the summer is that Hanlon's a top-class striker for this level. Could possibly play in the level above. But we, we knew we had to be strong physically with him tonight. And we knew we had to deal with wide players that come in very efficiently off the lines and ball works on with all these teams. And we did that. Um, and once, once we were able to do that, that gave us a great base for the likes of Robertson and, and Dempsey to play. thought some of their passing and moving was great. And, you know, our front three caused all sorts of problems, didn't it? We had the physicality of, of the two big lads and we had an absolutely 
best performance in a dual shot under me from, from Dominic Sunday. They're now 12th in the League One table after four league games without a defeat and they welcome Swindon Town to Priestfield on Saturday. And finally in cricket, Jordan Cox has signed a two-year contract extension with Kent. The 20-year-old scored 238 not out against Sussex in the Bob Willis Trophy earlier this year. His stand of 423 with Jack Leaning at Canterbury set a new Kent record for a first-class partnership. Well, that's it for today but you can also subscribe to the IM News app, which will, of course, give you access to all KM Group newspapers. To do it, just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.